Welcome to your number one source for technological innovations, ideas, and strategies for your business. Multiply your business's equations and put the odds in your favor. Now, live from Club ITHQ with your hosts, Ben and Sam, this is Tech Factor. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Tech Factor. This is going to be something a little bit different. We're doing what we call a hot take or a quick take. I'm going to be talking about one topic, uh, maybe for a short period of time. We'll see how long that goes for. Uh, I'm your host, Ben. And I'm Sam. And this is The, the Tech, tech Factor. Factor. <laughs> Yeah, that was terrible. That <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm I not might sure have to about this. <laughs> not being in the Do same want... room makes this difficult. It does make it, it does make it hard, doesn't it? Um, right. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, COVID nineteen safe app that's been released by the federal government. So the app uh, was released uh, literally yesterday, and uh, so far, so the um, health minister reported. Uh, that over 1 million people have downloaded the COVID Safe app. And an interesting uh, bit of stats there, news poll suggested that there's potentially 54% of residents are prepared to sign up to the app, or I guess Australian residents, that must be. So they're indicating that there's a, a large number of people that are willing to sign up to the application. Uh, so the health uh, department released the app. Uh, they've done a privacy impact assessment, and they've also, um, I guess, gone ahead and, and sort of indicated a couple of key bullet points in terms of, uh, I guess, to put people's fears aside in terms of the application. They've indicated that the only state and territory health agencies will have access to the encrypted data, that the information will be stored from the app. Uh, anyone who accesses the data illegally faces five years in jail, apparently, and that's, again, under the Biosecurity Act. They don't, there's no legislation that manages the COVID-19 Act and, uh, app, and we'll get into that later. Uh, so the data stored on the phone will be deleted automatically after 21 days. I'm assuming that's built into the algorithm. That's what they're suggesting. They're saying data stored uh, at the server, which is going to be AWS, so Amazon Web Services, will be deleted at the user's request and or when the pandemic is over. Now, again, none of this is legislated, so this is what they're saying today. right? So authorities will be explicitly barred from accessing data under new legislation in, to be introduced mid-May. So they're suggesting that they may be legislation around the app and how it'll work. So um, I, I guess really the question of the app and, and how it's going to, to function, obviously there are some some technical questions in terms of um, the technicalities of it and how secure the app is. There's questions around privacy. And there's also uh, philosophical questions, I guess, around um, you know the ethics of it all. And um, there's a, an aspect of, I guess, a political aspect to it as well. So to, to bring all that conversation in, uh, in, we've brought in a couple of guests uh, this, this afternoon. And so uh, we've brought in uh, uh, Joe. Uh, Joe, uh, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself and you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hello, my name is Joe Sparks. Uh, I am a bureaucrat. I work for the federal government. Um, I just want to highlight that any views expressed um, today are my own opinion and not the opinions of the government. Um, my, back, my background is in environmental science. I have a technical background, but I spent the last four and a half years in the public service. Right. And uh, I brought in a second guest as well to talk about some of the uh, software as a service a aspects and I guess obviously mention the new app uses at Amazon Web Services uh, and someone who's got some great experience uh, in app development. And that's uh, James Rose from Acuratech. So, Jimmy, you want to introduce yourself? 
Hey Ben, yeah. Um, I have a like you said, a software business called Content Snare, and um, I guess I've been just in small business for a long time. Work at home. Um, not really sure how well I am. Um, I guess uh, <laughs> my like, <laughs> how much I can really talk about the technical <laughs> side of things because I am no longer a developer, but I can definitely talk about the uh, idiots on Facebook side of things. <laughs> and there are a few of those on Facebook, and that there's a lot of misinformation going out there. So I, I guess let's start it off. So Sam, do you want to start off on some of the the technical aspects, and I guess from your understanding of how the app works and and maybe some of those um, bits and pieces that we discussed uh, previously. Do you want to yeah, start so, conversation? Yeah, so just doing a bit of research on this earlier and first things is something that I didn't actually even realize going into it is that the app does not collect your information. Uh, sorry, not information, location, does not collect your location. When you sign up to the app, you pretty much enter your name, which can be a pseudonym, doesn't have to be your name, your age range, postcode and phone number. That is then translated into an encrypted code and shared over Bluetooth when you're near any other COVID safe app. Yeah, okay. the, the, the app was, yeah, sorry, just to interrupt there. So from my understanding as well, the app must be running in the background at all times in order for that to function. Is that your understanding? Yes, yes. So when you've got the app, it is running in the background at all times. And I did notice that when I installed it actually um, is that when it requests location permission from Android, it says only while using the app. So I was like, oh, okay, well, it must not be getting location in the background. Mm, so it, it requires the application to be running constantly in the background in order for the application to work. It is interesting when you said location permission. So, so Jimmy, you've installed the app. Uh, I guess w- w- what are your initial thoughts on the application, and uh, and, w- and what's your thought processes on uh, behind going? Okay, I'm I understand tech, and I'm happy to have the app on my phone. So. Maybe throw in your sort of logic and thoughts behind it. Yeah, so um, just quickly on that, by the way, like it, when Android permission says only while the app is open, I'm pretty sure the running in the background doesn't um, allow that. It's So it's, I think it's only got location when it's physically open and I don't know what the purpose of that is. Um, so yeah, from what I understand, it, it only uses the Bluetooth connections. Um, so as far as like why I've installed it, I just think it makes sense, right? Like, I don't understand the apprehension of this. Like, uh, number one, it's going to help us get through this bloody quarantine and, and like all the crap faster, right? So if they can do contact tracing really easily through the app, it's it's amazing. And, you know, the fact it, it benefits me because um, they can contact me if, if um, someone that like I've come in contact with had COVID, of course I want to friggin' know that. Like mm, it's true. Sure. But what, what really gets me is like the people who are really anti this app when they've got like a Google device with Facebook installed, a fitness tracker, you know, they're using Alexa and Google home and all these other things. Like, come on. <laughs> so, so, so you think it's kind of hypocritical. It's like, oh, well, you, you're giving away your data anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, just to say you don't want this extra app is just being a hypocrite. That's what your argument is. Yeah, a little bit. And, and the fact that I think it's not even really usable data, like all it tells the government, I guess, or whoever is when, you know, when they request the information, they can find out what other devices you've been near recently. Uh, and like that doesn't say much for one and it's actually abnormal data anyway because it's it's not like this is someone's going to be able to find out your normal daily routine because this isn't normal times we're not doing our normal routine 
when the pandemic's over, everything goes back to normal. We'll go back to our normal thing. And all I'll have is a bunch of data from what we did when we were in like quarantine. I- sure. <laughs> so, so, so I, I guess the, the, um, I mean, I, actually, Sam, I might jump in a year in for a yeah. second for a counter view on that because I know you've got some different views on that as well. But yeah, I, 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 I guess <laughs> I, I, said, I, I was listening to James there and, and I do find that interesting because I do have an Android phone and I do use Google Home within my own home. I do have a fitness tracker. I do use Facebook, but I will not be downloading the app. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and do you want to maybe elaborate a little bit on that? I just... I don't know. It something about it just gives me an odd feeling. I mean, reading through it, you you see the facts. It's not going to be tracking me. It's going to be taking a small amount of data that the government already knows about me and 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 possibly helping save lives, but at the same time there is still an probably more of a skepticism, but there is this still an odd feeling about having an app by the government accessing my own Bluetooth, and, and yeah, and, and and I think this is the this is the problem, right? Because the, the federal government has this issue where they do have a reputational issue. Where if you look at my health record, the, the uh, ad issues in relation to that with the data breaches, the the, the census was an absolute clusterfuck, and and then they and to in order to punish IBM, they rewarded them with another contract. <laughs> uh, so. You know, the, the government really does not have a, a good track record. I mean, the, 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 when they introduced the metadata legislation, they promised that it would only be used for, um, you know, really important high security purposes. But then you looked at the list of, of those that requested uh, metadata access and it was like councils and and like there was some like, a, I think it was like a race course or something. Um, all these kinds of weird and wonderful organisations. Like there was a, I can't remember when I saw there was like a... Um, <clears throat> Some random government departments that were requesting access to metadata, and you go, well, this that's got nothing to do with national security, and that's definitely got nothing to do with child pornography. So the government does have a, a reputational issue in relation to, um, I guess, managing people's um, manage people's data. And I think the other thing is that, sure, you might have, say, a Google account, you might have Facebook or something like that, but a lot of it, the the power in the data isn't necessarily there in isolation. It's about when you get data and you combine different data sets, you can then create a, a much bigger picture. So in the clubs industry, for example, I'll get you to jump in in a second, Joe. Um, there, we have systems like we have loyalty systems where we know how much people are spending on, on poker gaming machines and we can encourage them to spend more and you go, okay, that's fine. And separately, you've got your point of sale systems uh, and then you go, okay, well, we know this buying a beer and we know we're doing this and this and that. But then when you combine all these different data sets, you can get a much larger picture on an individual and what they do and how, they're, how they operate on a day-to-day basis than, than what the sum of that individual data might be. So I, I, I guess maybe some people might necessarily not have issues with sharing information that's sort of segregated, but if there's potential for data to be sort of integrated and combined and, and utilised in other ways, and I guess that's where the government doesn't have a great track record with some of that, where there is scope creep or whether, you know, I mean, politics, it's all about, always about self-interest. I mean, obviously, today's self-interest is to get everyone to download the app and they want to get as many people to download the app as possible. But maybe that's not the self-interest in a couple of years' time. They do promise that when this is all over, you know, you won't need the app. We'll, we'll get rid of the data and, and whatever. But currently, there's no legislation that, that guarantees that. And there have been some... Politicians, like some people, like for example Barnaby Joyce and others, and, and look, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't want to say much about Barnaby Joyce, but 
Um, I mean, but they say, hey, I'm skeptical and I don't, I don't want to download the app. There are some people that have actually downloaded the app. There are some local politicians that have actually downloaded the app. So it's a it's an interesting conversation. And on that on that conversation, I guess, so so Joe, you work in public service. Will you be downloading the app? Do you know colleagues that are downloading the app? And, and what are your thoughts? Uh, well, it's still fairly new. So I, I haven't had a chance to speak to my colleagues about it yet. Um, I personally haven't downloaded, but that's not through fear or skepticism. That's purely through laziness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but in, in terms of the data and what your, your point about combining data sets, it's a very important point. I just want to highlight a really good example where that has happened. And that, yeah, sure. And, um, so there was a, a, a pediatrician who got access to some data in WA um, to find out why babies were having um, neural tube defects and other issues with their birth. And she could, got all this data set from all these hospitals and all these healthcare organisations and realised that the common linkage across all these things was a lack of folate in the diet. And because of that, all bread in Australia is now fortified with folate to help pregnant mothers with their folate intake. So that's just one example, like a public health outcome of where combining data sets is uh, a very good thing in this instance. But what, what you said also about my health and the census is where the government hasn't had a very good track record in the past with that kind of thing. Mm. And, and and so uh, in, in terms of the, the outlook for the COVID safe app, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you've feel as though that it will be something that, uh, I mean, again, not putting you too much in an awkward position, but hmm. uh, do, you, do you feel like it'll be safe? Like, do you feel like, I mean, you, will you be downloading it? I mean, you, that's the hard question, right? Will you be downloading the app yourself? Uh, and if so, why or why not? Really, that's the question, isn't it? Look, look, I don't really know. I haven't had much time to think about it. As you said, it's only been out for a couple of days. I'd have to look into it to make a decision. Um, it, it, it's, it's one of those things like sort of what Jimmy was saying before that, the government or, or agencies already have access to a lot of your data already. But it's not just those examples that he mentioned. It's also like flybys cards or rewards cards, anything mm. like that as well. There's like so much of your data you give away freely. So uh, I can't speak to that at this point. So so just on that point, so so Sam, I know you've had a lot of experience with another major company before yeah, so uh, that used I've, Bluetooth used- beacons. Yeah, so I, I used to work for um, uh, Australia's largest retail company. Um, I might so give it away who it is. might yeah. give it away, but I'm not naming it. Um, and they actually use Google to um, put um, Bluetooth beacons throughout their stores. Um, it's, this is never actually t- – um, nowhere in the store does it say this is happening, but your Bluetooth data is being picked up by these beacons to um, for analytics for this company, right? And so that's that's to determine basically where people are walking around the store and and you know what they what their I guess their buying habits are, etc., and things like that, and trying to combine all that data and optimize the store layout, etc. Yes, is that right? Yes, that, that that's that in the gist of it. It's very sim- similar to your um to your rewards programs, but probably a little bit more forced. That's kind of interesting in this age of like data consent and GDPR and all that to hear like, you know, visit, there's probably less regulations around like physical tracking like that. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. And and it's sort of, I haven't seen any of the data firsthand, but like the way it was explained to us was that it was to track people's movements 
Um, so they would get a gist of what people might have been looking at mm. and for how long. And, and I, I guess that's right. And, I mean, that really raises that that question, right? I mean, at the moment, there is probably a lot of Bluetooth tracking going on right now. Well, we know there's a lot of Bluetooth tracking going on right now that no one really talks about. Uh, and that, and there's, there's that data is being tracked because the Bluetooth is very easy, obviously, to um, even if you don't necessarily have a Bluetooth app like the COVID Safe app, there are other apps that are using Bluetooth all the time. And it's very easy for, um, obviously, particularly if your phone's in discovery mode or whatever, for other uh, devices to pick up on those and to capture whatever data and, and utilize that information. There used to be a, a marketing thing people used to do where they used to Bluetooth out messages or something, I think, through through Apple or something. I, I, can't, remember, I can't recall what how that used to work, but I remember people getting random messages from other Bluetooth devices nearby. So, um, you know, that was a, a marketing thing where they'd go on a, a you know, highly populated train or in a stadium or something like that and like randomly spam out Bluetooth wow. messages. Yeah, so I oh, haven't heard about that. Yeah, so that was an, another tactic that some people were using. I, I'm pretty sure that's highly, highly illegal. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to do that. But I have seen people do that before. So I've seen random people get all these messages at once from some advertising or something like that and it's because they're all pushing those messages out through Bluetooth. So, um yeah, so it, it is quite interesting. So I, I guess really what, what it comes down to, I guess, is weighing up the pros and cons, right? So it's like it's it's one of those things where we go, okay, we we accept the fact that maybe um, – so, so we are giving up some information. And then we go, okay, well, you know, whether that is um, – I mean, I guess in the current stage, I mean, we say, well, look, the, the personal benefit to me is that – Obviously, if, if I get something, if someone you know gets COVID and I you know I find out about it, it'll it'll help myself in my own personal health. Uh, it'll help get obviously uh, the um, the economy and everything back up and running sooner. We can all start to go out and actually do things with our lives again. That would be quite nice. Um, but the um, I, I guess so really it's just about weighing up those those pros and cons. Now, the, again, the government has said, oh, was, you know, it'll only be used for this purpose and. And, and and whatever and and you know but the problem is again they don't have a good track record record of it the other thing of it is even though the information is relatively anonymous the other question to it is okay well the data is being stored in AWS which does technically mean therefore the US has ownership of it and they can pull that information and also when you think about it we're talking about an app with it's going to have probably a couple of million downloads I mean surely that's not going to be something that uh, you know, hackers or cyber criminals will want to get their hands on. So, what, however the application works, it has to be really hardened for that type of attack because that is the type of thing that we're going to potentially see. But then it's about, I think, as you came back to Jimmy, it's like, well, how else can they use that information? You've got to think about it. Like, if I'm a cyber criminal, like, well, like if I get that information, what am I going to do with it? How am I going to make money out of it or exploit it? If there's no way to do that, I guess there's no real benefit to it apart from. You know, maybe a, a government trying to like another government trying to understand the movements of of certain individuals. So yeah, I think I, that I, I, that's I my know. only concern. Hey, is like security of someone else getting into the data because it's obviously been built so quickly uh, that you know you mentioned a lot of this stuff hasn't been legislated. It's the same thing. It's because they haven't had time. They've had to act quickly. And just like you know, I wonder if by knocking this up quickly, there's been security holes. But like I rationalize that by just thinking, like I said that. Like you said, the pros and cons, the pros are pretty bloody good. We get back to life faster. We get him notified if we've been near someone who's sick or whatever. Uh, and, and the cons to me are like a bunch of abnormal data from a pretty short period in time. So to me, it's just like, and it's not even location of where I went. It's just like other devices that I was near. So to me, like 
the pros far outweigh the cons. And like, I don't know how, like, I think people are still trying to get the source code for it, but like, I don't think like I can even find out who I've been near or like they don't get my data. And there's a button in the app that I have to hit to say, upload my data. Um, And I believe that is the only time they can actually make the links between people. So I don't know. I just feel like it's not actually that big on the cons side of things. Yeah, yeah no, the and, only, that's, and that's fair enough. Yeah, the, the only um, other side I see of that is I'm just flicking through here about how it, it does all use Bluetooth, and unless you are using some sort of most recent software versions of operating systems, then Bluetooth does have vulnerabilities as well. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, and, Bluetooth and, does have inherent security flaws. Absolutely. And, and just sure. flicking through here in, in the current stat counter for the um, market share of Android versions. There is still fifteen percent of Android devices, as of March twenty twenty, either on eight point or seven point which is now up to nearly four years old. Does that mm. is that matter that you whether you're using this app or not though? Like, isn't that vulnerability there anyway? And if you've got Bluetooth on and using other apps, like, why does this app much. change that? Yep. No, mostly just if you're using Bluetooth in general, that vulnerability is always there. But if you're using this app and you've got it constantly on all the time, then from someone who would may only turn Bluetooth on when they're connecting to this, you know. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I might not on all the time, so I was like, I'm not sure what you mean. But, yeah, that makes sense that people might switch it on and off. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Well, let's um let's sum up then. So, I'm going to flick it over to you, Joe, and I'll, I'm going to say um I guess the COVID app nice COVID safe app nineteen. Do you give it the thumbs up or thumbs down? And and I mean, any, any final thoughts on it? Um, from a, I mean, I guess from a uh, a policy point of view, I mean, I mean, I guess what I understand maybe do you see Creepscope often, and and do you do you see the potential for Creepscope on this, or do you feel as though we should all take the government's word for, word for it. Again, just personal opinion, not not official opinion, of course, and uh, and maybe just give us some final thoughts and then I'll flick it over to Sam and then to Jimmy last as well. Yeah, look, I think one of, one of the best things out of this is that it's opt-in. It's not something that's being forced on consumers or the population like the My Health thing was originally. Um, so that that's a big plus. Uh, look... As with anything, there's potential for scope creep. I can't talk to what it is or what it will be or, or whatever, but you, you, you never know. The government's priorities change. The political environment, the social environment changes. You know, there may be a need to change it or whatever. Um, I, I am a little bit concerned just based on what I've heard here about the uh, vulnerabilities <laughs> and that kind of thing. But, Sorry but, about that. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily a, a, a terrible thing. It's just more that, like, you use technology that has vulnerabilities. So you're taking a risk in your everyday life and that, but it's, it's sort of how much that risk is. It's probably very, very minor at this point. Uh, like you said, like, the, uh, I think Jimmy was saying, that the type of data they're collecting may not be useful in, in that specific context. My concern was about more a targeted misinformation campaign. If they can get access to that data or manipulate it in some way and give false positives or false readings, it may sort of increase panic in the community. Mm, that's that's an interesting uh, thought, and I, I certainly I haven't I've never considered that, and I'd I'd like to think the guys who have put this app together in a handful of weeks have hopefully considered that because obviously false data would completely send the whole system into panic, and it would create a whole other issue altogether. So 
Uh, Sam, uh, your thoughts, thumbs up, thumbs down. You can be downloading it. Final thoughts. Yeah. So I, 30 seconds. Yeah, I definitely agree with Joe. With it. It's fantastic that it's an opt-in. You know, if, if you don't want it, then don't. Um, so, you know, the people that don't have an issue with it will definitely be helping to reduce the time before this country can get back up and running 100%. Personally, I'm going to be giving it a thumbs down and I won't be downloading it. But if you are, that's also fine. All right. Jimmy, last last final thoughts for you, man. Yeah, I think I've really said you kind of said it, everything I, I thought already. Um, I don't know. I just wish everyone would download it, like, because then it gets us there faster, um, you know, and because then there's missing data points, right? Like, if you, if you were sick and you don't download it and it turns out you have it, now no one is going to know that they were... Um, in contact with you so you could have put some other people in danger they could go and hang out with their grandma and like that's a pretty extreme example no one's gonna do that but but like you know that's potentially putting <laughs> someone that'll do you for not giving me my inheritance yeah. <laughs> but i'm like <laughs> don't, don't you dare take me out of the wheel <laughs> you could potentially actually put people at risk by not having this app that's the way i see it um that's the way i've always seen this it's all about we this you have to with the mm. You have to think in terms of the collective with all of this stuff, right? With like isolation, not going out. It's not about me. This is about our society and coming back from this um, all right. And just something you quickly mentioned, you said before about like false positives. I believe the way it works is if, if you ping the same device 15 minutes in a row or something, that's when it says you've been in contact with some people. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's all right on that side, but I guess time will tell. You can, Like with... Uh- network spoofing you can also spoof, um, mm. spoof uh, bluetooth mac True. addresses as well so there i think there'd be potential for that type of thing to occur but hopefully it, it doesn't occur but uh, I, I guess um uh, probably leaves it with me as well so i, I guess from, from my perspective i think look there are look i think you're never going to be able to get saying 100 secure uh, i feel as though that they have made tried to make an honest effort of it I, again, the federal government doesn't have the best track record with this type of thing, and the fact that the app's been put together so quickly that I think there are some some legitimate concerns. So I think really it is a matter of, in my opinion, weighing up the pros and cons of that. And uh, I mean, the other thing as well is we don't know. So Singapore's got a little bit of experience with the application, and they've got their trace together application, and we don't know whether this is the most effective or the key tool in order to, uh, you know, get through this quicker. Maybe this. Maybe this type of app may be really useful. Maybe it might not be so useful. In theory, it it should make a difference and it should speed up the process. But uh, I, again, um, I, I guess yeah. I mean, really, you, you're you're right in saying, look, this is, I guess, for the the better overall cause. And I, I guess from my perspective, if I was going to do it, I'd probably just I'd literally maybe just do it on my wife's phone. I don't want to do it on my own. And uh, if she's been near <laughs> someone, then it's all good. Uh, I get that data, so uh, and just make it, you know, you said, and nominize the data, uh, and uh, probably do it that way. So I get the best of both worlds, but then also keep my own private data safe. So <laughs> I'll install on her phone, and uh, yeah, then we're, then I'm all good because her phone's probably got all kinds of weird games with malware and crap on it anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's gonna be that's I think it's gonna be my strategy. But I do think about like I've been in politics for a long time, and I I do feel as though. Um, you know, even though people like the politicians say something today, but I mean, who knows what happens in 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 the long term? Uh, and it, you know, it's always about self interest, right? Like for me, 
Um, I mean, look, right now, obviously for our own self-interest and for the country's self-interest, it certainly would be beneficial if, if a lot of people have this app and that data is collected. But but long-term, uh, once all this is over, the, again, um, the politicians might look at it from another point of view of another element of self-interest. So, And I think that's where you had comments from guys like Barnaby Joyce coming in because, I mean, he's you know, very, uh, he's very conscious of self-interest. He knows all about self-interest extremely well. Uh, and, and maybe that's where that angle is coming from. And I think it is probably, it's a healthy thing to be sceptic of the government. You should never just take the government's word for every single thing. I think when it comes to science advice, certainly I would listen to the government over the latest Facebook post from Dr. Phil or, or something like that. But um, <laughs> I think broadly speaking, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you should always have a little bit, a little bit of scepticism, but uh, you should, yeah, again, like health advice and stuff, sure, take it from the official sources. But, you know, in general, you should always be sceptical of the government. Uh, again, they don't have a great track record, but this does appear to be something they've tried to make an honest attempt of. And hopefully, uh, with all that in mind, I think people have to, have to internally weigh up the pros and cons and decide whether it's it's right for them uh, or if they feel as though it's right for those, again, that they know that, you know, might be affected by this situation, which we all are either indirectly or directly. So I think that's really it. I mean, we've covered all the aspects of it. I want to thank everyone for the time. So thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Joe. And um, thanks, my co-host, Sam. Uh, that was the coronavirus app. If you are more or less more confused about it now than you were before, I apologize. And uh, hopefully, uh, if you know a little bit more and you feel a bit more comfortable, then great. That's the uh, COVID-19 safe app. This was the Tech Factor. I'm Ben. And I'm Sam. And we will see you guys. No, we won't see you, but we'll hear from you next time. Take care. 